You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the high hopes podcast jack we can't seem to do a positive high hopes these days <laughs> we, just, we don't get to do the happy shows anymore yeah it's it's been fun I'm oh man really enjoying philly's baseball these days what a weekend buddy ah listen i was in i was in boston uh for most of it so i caught uh, like Friday, so Friday night, I was lucky at, you, Jack. Lucky you. I uh, Friday night, I was driving up to Boston, and uh, thank God, like I was obviously, I felt bad for everyone involved, but I was so glad the game went 15 innings because I was like, <laughs> I was like falling asleep at the wheel. I was so tired, and uh, just being able to hear, like it was so funny, like. You could hear in the announcer's voice, or like in Franz's voice or Fransky's voice, it was basically like, "Well, this is a weird decision," and it was just like, it was just. Basically, another extra two hours of like, well, this seems weird. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was very interesting. Um, but uh, it was just a, uh, yeah, not a, not a, not a very fun weekend. No, well, and it's a shame too, because and we'll, we'll start with that game, game one, Friday, game one. Um, but it's a shame because that could have been if they had found a way to pull it out in the bottom of the fourteenth, or, or miraculously in the bottom of the fifteenth. It would have gone down, and and I don't think that it would have absolved you know people getting angry about the situation, but it would have gone down as one of the epic fun Phillies wins in a really long time, Dude. Jack. If they had found a way, if Velasquez's throw, you know, and we'll, I mean, what a play! If that had ended up getting the out that that let them get to the bottom of the 14th and actually win that game and get a win for Roman Quinn as a pitcher in Major League Baseball. It would have been so great, Jack. It would have been the it would have been the Roy Oswald game all over yep. again. It would have been yep. Roy Oswald playing. We would have been field. talking about it for years. No matter what happens, we would have talked about that game for years. Right, and instead, it's been melting down for three straight days about it because the offense can't get a big hit <laughs> to save their freaking lives. And we got a lot of Monday morning managers very upset about how Gabe managed Friday night. It's been a it's been a very fun couple days. All right, well, let's dive into Friday night because that's certainly where the crux of a lot of people's issues have come in over the last few days. And look, uh, look, I, uh, okay, because I'm sure we're going to differ slightly on it. I think, you know, look, anyone who doesn't blame the offense for putting up three runs over 15 innings over a dog, you know what, White Sox pitching staff, 
um, is wrong. I think there's no question. Yeah. You know, you blame the offense. They have to do better. Yep. So many opportunities with runners on base. Bases loaded, what, like twice in the first nine innings and coming away with nothing. Just unacceptable. But having said that, I still do blame Gabe Kapler for having to use a position player in the 14th inning. I mean, no, and I know there are a lot of obstacles in the way and guys who can't go and Ranger Suarez isn't as tough as we thought Ranger Suarez was. And, you know, but, but I think the number one thing that he could have done, obviously we, you know, I think anyone would concede not having Velasquez throw a bullpen session before that game would have been a smart decision. And, yep. and I know you can't foresee a 15 inning game coming, but I also have an issue from an organizational perspective that Zach Eflin is on the roster if he can't go for you in that spot. Why is Zach Eflin on the roster if he's in the friggin' bullpen and you're in the 15th inning of a game and he's pitched two innings and he's done? And I know he's got injury issues and all that stuff, but I'm part of it because in my opinion, whatever you have to do to make sure you have a pitcher left who can pitch five, six, seven innings for you, that's what you have to do. I don't care what it takes. That's what you have to do. But you seem to be a little less inclined to to get, really blame Kapler at all for the situation. Uh, no, I think I think you should. He should have said to Vince, like, "Hey, we might need you tonight. Uh, we'll push your bullpen back." I don't know if he. Um, I was thinking about like, I wonder if he didn't want to do that because it mess up the rhythm for Vince. Like Vince has been in a nice little groove here. Um, maybe just keep him on that same rhythm that he's been going with, and and to see a fifteen game or fifteen inning game happening. The small likelihood of it happening, of course, it happens, so that kills that. So I, I wonder if it's from that standpoint, like they want to keep him on schedule as long as possible and, and try to keep his <laughs> decent pitching. I guess. I mean, is that where is it? Is it decent? I mean, hey, I'll take what we can get yeah. these days. I'll, brother. T- I'll take this from Vince, but yeah. I, I, I just think it was one of those games where, like, like one in a thousand was what was happening during that game, like. It's just so hard to, to to foresee that happening, and everything just seems so unlucky for him. Like he got so unlucky. Like the taking out Pavetta in the in the eighth inning with a bases loaded, one out for a pinch hitter is an obvious move. Like you do it's that, even, it's a hundred percent of the time. You do like that, if a manager doesn't do that, they should be fired on the spot. Right, and and instead of them adding another insurance run and giving Juan Nicasio and Jose Alvarez giving them uh, a full inning with more than just one run to work with, like it probably goes differently. In the ninth inning, uh, Jose Alvarez a simple ground ball to Michael Franco, but he's over on the shift and he can't get to third base. Like if Kingery's there, but they double switched him, and it's just like there was so everything that could have gone wrong on Friday night went wrong, and like I just think some of the like. If a pitcher comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm feeling a little sore. Like I, we've got had a lot of injuries. Like I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable going out there. Like you, you have to put, you have to pull him there because guess what? If it comes out after the game that Zach Eflin came to Gabe and said, "Hey, I'm hurt," and then Zach Eflin gets more hurt during the game, then we're all destroying Gabe for that. Ranger Suarez couldn't get warm. So like it, to your point, if those guys are, are aren't available in back to back days, and they have a lot of guys that ha- aren't available in back to back days because they're uh, starters turn relievers, and going from a starter and being a reliever is just is just a way different story. Um, um, if that's going to be the case, then you need to have more guys up here ready to go. You need to you need to get Austin Davis back from uh, Lehigh Valley and make sure he's on the oh roster. God. So, oh god, I don't know. Like, there's things. Where, like, where's Cole Irvin when you actually need him? Right, right Jack. Right, he could have been great. Honestly, Roman, <laughs> Roman Quinter, Cole Irvin, Roman, Roman Quinter, Cole Irvin. Who are you going with? I don't know, man. I, look, I think you make some very good and here, fair points. Here's, can I, let me, can I, I just lay out? Can I lay out the bad decisions that I thought? 
Sure. Uh, yeah. So what I thought were bad decisions was bottom 13th, he should have let Roman Quinn steal and then bunt or whatever. Like 100% agree with you. Like not having Roman Quinn who who can just walk to second base basically at this point without Goody stealing bases. Like you, you take the guy getting to second there and then if you want to bunt him over, then he can do it then and it takes out the double play, it takes out all of that. Like and if you're going to bunt him there, at least start him, at least have him running so you can just automatically wipe out the double play. Like I thought that was I thought that was ridiculous, and then it was that was a horrendous decision, especially not to have him start running. The fact that you bunt with Eflin and end, Eflin ends up on first base is basically a disaster in that situation. It is, one hundred percent is, and I, I and then he pulls Eflin for for Vinny on second base, and it was that because he was because he was injured, he knew he was pulling him anyway, so he might as well put Velasquez in there, and because he's a little bit faster or whatnot. Um, See, I thought, but that's my issue, and I and I think that's that's rationale is fair but if you're going to pull him anyway why don't you pull him before he goes up to bat i know he's just bunting for you but there is the possibility that he gets on base there right and like why do you leave him in the game there if you're going to pull him out anyway but and and wait till he gets i understand the idea of pinch running once he gets second base because he could score on a single and all that but like why is he even running the bases then if he's hurt why is he even running the bases right why is he on first base like uh, it, uh, it just here's the thing if it just makes the whole thing seem not real, like it's like if if he really told you his tricep was tight, then why is he even bunting in that? Shit? Why is he even stepping to the plate? Why are you not pinch running the moment he gets on first base? It just doesn't jive. You know what I mean? But also, but here's the the contrary to that. Like, what if he's the better bunter? Like, what if he's a better bunter? And I thought than- about that. I thought about that. But the, then why don't you pinch run for him when he gets to first base? That's the one. You're taking him out of the game no matter what. Why aren't you pinch run? Vinny's better runner anyway if there's a gap or whatever. Like, why aren't you ta- – why? Yeah. And also, That's what doesn't jive with me. And also, like, if, if Vince Velasquez threw a pen and you don't want his, his arm to be hurting, is it really the best idea to have him be playing left field and throwing 95-mile-an-hour bullets to home plate? It's another great point. And, and uh, look, and obviously Vinny out there was – unreal and amazing and he could play defensively you feel like he could just step in and play left field today but um i'm with you i mean that's to throw that distance in a high leverage situation like you do long toss but that's not firing a ball at top speed from the outfield i mean if there's anything that's going to hurt a pitcher's arm like that's as likely as anything jack yeah and man I would keep Vinny Velasquez on the roster just to see him do dope things besides pitching. I know, I know. Well, if you think about it, the two best things he's done in the last whatever uh, since his 16 strikeout game have been the the play in left field we just saw and that left-handed throw on the you know the infield yeah. grounder where he hurt his arm and tossed across left-handed. Those are the two number one Vince Velasquez plays that I remember. Yeah. And neither of them was pitching. <laughs> totally agree. So, yeah. so keep Vince Velasquez around for, for doing dope things on a baseball field. <laughs> He's good at everything but pitching. It's wild, isn't he? I mean, he really was. And then he makes that amazing catch. I mean, he's just uh, hes super athletic and talented at at stuff like that. But and look, again, I I, the him throwing a Bray out at home plate was one of the highlights of the season in terms of just pure baseball fun in having Roman Quinn on the hill and seeing that happen. And as a baseball, a lover of baseball, I thought it was so cool in the moment that it happened and I was watching it. But that can't excuse the the fact that in a tie game, and look, Joe Giglio brought this up on the air today. I thought it was a very good point. Last year, we saw the exact same thing happen here, and it was Dave Roberts doing it, and the Phillies ended up winning the game because of it. Shout out to Trevor Plouffe. But um, I, I just think in this situation, especially when it's frustrating because, Jack, again, we've got a situation where this team 
is fu- and and funny enough, as we talk in advance of the Diamondbacks game tonight, late night baseball this week, folks. Um, in advance of that, they're still tied. They play a playing <laughs> game if the season ended at Ajax. Oh, they dude. Play- they play a playing game to get in, but it, it just feels again. This is a series we said they have to sweep the White Sox, and they lost two of three. Yeah, they did. They did not listen to the podcast when we said no. take two of three. No, no. It's you know it's be so annoying though, and that, honestly, I don't even want to live in a world where this exists. But the the parade that they're going to go on this front office, Andy McPhail, Matt Klensack, and Gabe, in in a, in a way is going to go on if they make the playoffs and patting themselves on the back for having the quickest turnaround. Four years, turnaround. Jack. Quickest turnaround, Dude, my friend. It, it, there's nothing in the world that makes me more frustrated when they say that stuff. Because, like, dude... First off, it's the second wild card. You're going to win 84 games this year. And the cores of those other teams were Altuve, Bregman, Correa. Like, the other the Cubs, it was it was Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Like, legit superstars in the making. Meanwhile, we have Bryce, who's, you know, <laughs> would like him to start lifting the ball. And, you know. Would you? Would you? There was a. Jack, here, here's your update. There are. 62 players in Major League Baseball as of right now that have hit more home runs than Bryce Harper this season. There was a 10-minute period on Saturday <laughs> where him and Freddie Galvis were tied for uh, for, tied for home runs. <laughs> well, I have never, I have never been like more disgusted in my entire life. I well, loathe Freddie. There, he's Galvis. only one behind right now, man. It's you embarrassing. Need to start hitting him because Freddie keeps hitting him. It is embarrassing. I, I I I cannot believe he's not lifting the baseball. And if you want me to if you want me to really get on Bryce Harper, let Freddie Galvis keep catching him in home runs, and that'll that'll do it. That'll freaking do it. I was wondering, it. yeah, I was wondering what the uh, straw that would break the camel's back would be. As obviously in our last pod, I said I'm done defending Bryce. I'm at I've reached that point, and we couldn't get you there. No, but. This, <laughs> the closer that Freddie Gallows continues to get to Bryce, and if he ever passes him, they should just cut him on the spot. I mean, dude, he's got a 463 slugging percentage. Yeah, bad. Paul DeYoung has the exact same slugging percentage as Bryce freaking Harper. Mm. Mm. Oh, I don't God. Like I don't like that one bit. No. You know, here's a guy. How about this? Guess who has a... a the exact same amount of home runs as Bryce Harper and a slugging percentage that is 20 points higher. Roberto Perez, Jack. Roberto Perez? Roberto Perez has 18 homers and a 483 slugging. He actually, or excuse me, 19 homers. He has a 19 homers in 170 less plate appearances than Bryce Harper. Not great, man. Yeah, but does he play a good right field? <laughs> Derek Dietrich has uh, 200 plus less plate appearances same amount of home runs Ugh. I mean CJ Cron has 100 plus 130 plus less plate appearances same amount of home runs I mean at what point do we start to have to say to Bryce like yo man I mean there's 50 something what are 57 games left in the season Jack uh yeah it's about time. It's yeah, about it's way time. past time, brother. I just don't that get it. That 0 for 6 on Friday night was as big and loud an 0 for 6 as I can remember. It was just listening on the radio. I, I honestly, it was the first time I like, like slammed something. Like I, I slammed my like <laughs> wheel. I was like, honestly, honestly, I was getting a little tired. I, I was, I was starting to. The eyes are starting Punchy. to fade. 
punchy. Yeah, but then but then once Bryce was continuing to be terrible on Friday, the the anger of clenching the the steering wheel got it out of me. I was I was awake from that point on. The, oh, the adrenaline. See, so Bryce is looking out for you even when he's not. Just, it's just, it's just the worst. He needs to have, he needs to have uh, his his kids so he can not think about it. Yeah, look, even when Emily was pregnant, I was not struggling this much at my yeah. chosen fashion. The people would disagree. <laughs> it's a good point, actually, Jack. Well said. <laughs> I mean, you have um, no idea. I, I mean, you have no idea if you were doing well or not. You know, it's a good point. So I could always Trump. just be terrible, and it <laughs> right. doesn't really matter. There you go. Um, See, isn't that nice? All right, Saturday. And we have uh, uh, some headlines that we've buried. We'll get to Sunday and what happened on Sunday, Hmm. aside from the game in a minute. But Saturday, Jack, I mean, we could talk about a lot of things on Saturday, but I feel like we're, what, you know, 15, 12, 15 minutes into this podcast so far. Just Penvetta, go. I mean, (laughs) you guys all doubted me. You, 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 You openly mocked me. When I said he's a top ten yeah, reliever, top in baseball. ten reliever in the sport, I feel good about you mocking you for that. Openly mocked me, went on a Twitter crusade about how much of a joke your podcast partner is for saying that Nick Pavetta is a is a top ten reliever in baseball. Oh, I did that, or did everyone who listened to the podcast do that? I don't remember. I listen. If you're not first to it, take your last. I am <laughs> very first to this one, and you are certainly first. <laughs> Still, only I think you're you're alone. So it's good. Um, but listen, man, I love the emotion. I love the I love the fired upness. I love how much he cares. Like that one of the thing that one of the things we were worried about when he went to the bullpen was just checking out and emotionally checking out, not fully being invested in the team and whatnot. Um, and it's been the, the the direct opposite of that. Like he's gone out there, and I feel like he's kind of taking pride in in closing out ball games. And I think the thing that's great about Nick right now is he, he can go he can go multiple innings. Like he um, he said. I think it was after Saturday or maybe it was Friday. No, it was probably Saturday. After Saturday's game, he's like, yeah, my arm is a rubber arm. I have no problem going back-to-back days. Like, I can just go. That's what I've always been able to do. I've always been just, always just been able to go. And if you have a guy that can come in and, and do what he's doing right now um, and give you if – you if you can have Naris in the ninth – and with all the injuries that have happened, like Tommy Hunter, David Robertson, Nishek, like getting the ball to Naris is a struggle. But if Pavetta can take down the seventh or seventh or eighth inning or seventh and eighth inning and get the ball to Naris, like maybe they can salvage just a little bit. But like I don't know. Th- th- my main takeaway from Pavetta this weekend was like imagine thinking DFAing this guy was a good idea, or like moving on from this guy was a good idea. That you don't you don't give up on on an arm like that and if they if he wasn't good it would have been on the organization and not Nick Pavetta because if he yeah. if he went to the Astros like we saw with Aaron Yeah, I was San- just about to say look at Aaron Sanchez. Yeah. Look at Aaron Sanchez. If he went to the Astros, dude, like he would be a star almost immediately. Like smart teams figure out how to make Nick Pavetta into a weapon and it didn't work as a starter. So far, it's looked pretty good as a reliever. He's he struck out 15 in 11 innings and only walked two. Like that is massive. You can have a guy coming out of the bullpen not walking guys and striking out a ton of guys. Like that's allowed for the Phillies. I don't know if they knew that, but you're allowed to do that as a as a bullpen member of the Phillies. Sure. Um, I just I love the emotion, love the hypeness. I love the the feels like he wants to win it for his guys, and um, I just I, I love having him out there. I think it's a legit weapon and. 
the staff is fine. Like Smiley, I think only made one bad pitch. Like I, I think he pitched well on Sunday, and unfortunately, the one pitch was an absolute disaster. But I think I think Smiley's fine. I think Vargas is fine. Nola is obviously Nola. Um, the the staff is kind of right itself a little bit. You're not taking Arietta out of it. If Vince can give you five in less than three runs, like that's a freaking win. Um, you you if you can use Pavetta in that role, it just lengthens out the entire thing. So uh, I am gushing about Nick Pavetta. It, I like that. <laughs> I like that everyone's calling him Penvetta. I feel I feel like a proud dad. Um, it's and, good. And I think that I think I really do think that even the people that were like, "Oh, this guy sucks," whatever, see him in the bullpen and are like, "Oh, this is what they meant." Like you know what I mean? Like if you if you don't think Nick Pavetta has a ridiculous talent and whatnot, then you just don't know what you're watching. Like that's as, about as simple as I can put it. Like you just don't know what you're watching. You should probably never watch it again. You should probably never be on Twitter tweeting at me. But like, he is a really talented pitcher that looks like the bullpen may be the best route for him. Uh, so that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I think that uh, he's a he's a reliever, and he's a, he's meant for this. He's built for this. I mean, you oh, can see it, like this. you said, especially if that's the way he feels about his arm, and he can go. If it's like a rubber arm type thing, I mean, a guy like that it can give you two. Sometimes three in a pinch, like that type of guy is so incredibly valuable if they can be dominant. And you just see it with this stuff. I mean, the stuff just plays so much better when he's coming in all fired up and just able to throw as hard as he can for as long as he's in. Like, he's just a different pitcher. He looks different. The attitude looks different. Um, I love how you casually just slid in there. The staff is fine. <laughs> Which I thought was impressive. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm basically the uh, I'm the meme. I'm the uh, the, the everything's on fire yeah. meme right now. You're just sip, you're sipping tea, and and it's all good. Everything's fine. But everything's great. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I, here's the thing, though, and it's funny because as you're talking about Pavetta, and it, it got me thinking. I think one, uh, two takes on Pavetta. One, he should never be a starter again. I know starters are more valuable, and I know that if you have a guy like I'm sure the Brewers, if if Josh Hader, if they think he could be a starter, they'll still turn him into a starter, and. That can work, but when you have a guy who looks like he can, and and it, uh, you know, I joke with you about how quickly you say it, but Nick Pavetta could be a top ten reliever in baseball, and certainly over time, really be a top ten reliever in baseball with the ability to go multiple innings, the ability to pitch as many nights as it seems like he can. But how about this for a take? Like when you really think about this team and and I think that on uh, the way you could argue – look, the offense needs to be better. That's the number one thing that's going to propel this team. But you could argue Nick Pavetta is the most important pitcher on this team moving forward there in terms is. of ability to affect multiple different games in a lot of different there ways. There it is. It all comes back <laughs> full circle, <laughs> and I was right. Um, I would just I like to – I would like to simply – point out an, an absolute fact that is undisputable um at one point mariano rivera also went three innings at a time and of course he did it also had that a was how we all found out about mo also had a rubber arm and oh god i didn't even see what you were doing until i i <laughs> bit into it oh god it's good <laughs> and let me just throw one more absolute fact nugget out there for you um josh Hader also has home run problems um and Pavetta only allowed two, so mm-hmm. everything is great. <laughs> everything is great, minus the Phillies. All right, moving on to anything else from Saturday. I don't think you know. Obviously, Aaron Nola is awesome. Um, oh, Oh, I mean the Nola, the Nola for seven, Penvetta for two is something I could get used to. That that's a plan to win a World Series right there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it every night? Is that is that a thing? Uh, we'll try. 
So this, anything else on Saturday? Yeah, I got a I got a bit of a take, and Ooh. it is it's not going to sit well with you. I'm just I'm just letting okay. you know. I can't wait for this then. I think Andrew Knapp calls a better game than no. Jake Almuda. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm being dead serious. You think he calls a better game than Dude, JT Romita? They are. What is wrong with you? Andrew Knapp calls a good game. Oh God, he does. I I was watching the game plan on Saturday night, and I was like, "This is this is what I've been wanting from Nola." All I was, I was going in lockstep with what Andrew Knapp was was putting on. Oh, no. Is this is this me thinking that I'm as smart as a major league catcher? Yes, but I'm just saying that me and Andrew oh. Knapp were in lockstep when we were when we were dissecting the 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 the, the Chicago White Sox vaunted offense. I don't even know if we can continue to do this podcast. And I, I'm so hurt, Jack. All right, he does not call I'm a better so game. Hurt. He does not call a better game than JT Romito, but I think he calls a good game, and I like his game plans. Oh. And that's why he's still here. <laughs> oh, man. He, Naffy! He calls a good game, man. I'm telling you, I'm I was feeling, watching it. Jack. and I'm it was feeling right now. But it, it is nice with Nola. Like, Nola's kind of got to the point now where um, I think he has good feel for all of his pitches. So, like, Saturday night, there was multiple times where, well, there was this one time that really stood out to me, and and that was it was I don't know the third inning or whatever, and it was a one-two count, and he threw a curveball way out of the zone, like way out of the zone and whatnot. And the, the batter just spit on it, and in my head I was like, he should just throw it again because he's not thinking curveball here. He just saw that Aaron Nola threw a pitch way out of the zone. Like why would he come back with a curveball? And Nola came right back with a curveball in the zone and didn't even swing at it. It was just like it was just like oh well he got me. And it was that kind of stuff that I saw, and I was like that's that's really good solid pitching. Mm-hmm. His fastball location was just pinpoint um, mixing the change up had a good dive to it um, so Nola listen we've, we've said he's been back a lot but I, I just think that Saturday was the best that I've seen of him um, ability to, to to sequence and have go curveball then go back to a curveball throw a fastball out of the zone and then throw a fastball in the zone and keep hitters just off balance the whole entire night so um, I thought it was a really really good Aaron Nola start I think he probably just called his own game. He probably just shook Nap off and threw whatever he wanted to throw. No, I that's disagree. Probably. I didn't. He, I didn't see him shake. Probably him what happened. Once. I think that's I, what happened, Jack. I think he actually said, "Andrew, you are the best catcher I've ever oh, seen." God, what are you doing to me? No, I'm just I give Ted and Veta compliments, and you just crap all over me. <laughs> well, you can't. You can't deny facts right in front of you oh, with Ted Veta. God. Oh, all right, let's move on. Uh, we'll get to the embarrassment on the field on Sunday, but. <laughs> Let's let's get to it, Jack. We're, we're deep into this podcast. How do you feel about Michael Island officially <laughs> sinking to the bottom of the ocean? I mean, it was like it was, it's like one final blow to Michael Franco. It's like, well, oh, man, we, we bench you all I the love, time. Like literally, the number one tweet was just "Wow!" Everyone just tweeted "Wow." <laughs> it was crazy. Like when you it think, it was of, very unexpected. When you think about it, Michael Franco has been here for like six years. Like Michael Franco has been on this team forever. Like, and for him just to be back in AAA, like, am I going to be watching Michael Franco like Iron Pig st- like highlights? It's weird. It's just weird. It's weird that Michael Franco is no longer here anymore. Um, uh, Gelb, I think wrote wrote this morning or last night. Like, they didn't seriously pursue Josh Donaldson or Mike Mustafa this offseason which infuriated me all over again because oh, did, didn't did anyone say they should go after Mike Misagas? I don't 
I didn't no. think anyone said that. Jack. I don't know. I was also told that My- Michael Franco is the same player as Mike Mustakas. Same player. They're the same guy. So one's yeah. triple A, one was an all star this year. Eh, same thing. <laughs> um, um, it, like, but it's so the Franco thing is is again like the the player development, like all, like major league player development is just lacking. Like Michael Franco has legit talent. Like legit talent. To, to be a good major league player, like be he's supposed to be the 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 third base franchise third baseman um, after like Pedro Feliz and whatnot and Placido Polanco, like he was supposed to be the guy that was going to help anchor the next generation of, of Phillies baseball. And for him to be back in AAA at 27, 28, like that's that's for as bad as it is for Franco, it's also a horrible look for the organization. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he was the next great Philly. Remember that time where, like, it was like Mike Kelk Franco. That's the future. That's the guy. Um, and certainly was not. And look, I think, I think it is absolutely a player development failure. Like you said, there's no other way to put it. This guy had, whether you know he's he's ballooned up a little bit. He's not quite as slight as he used to be, but there's still talent there, and he certainly used to have the talent to be a good major league baseball player and they just didn't develop it at all. He's still, he's the exact same player he's always been like the flaws that he's always had. They're still freaking there. And maybe it is possible that Franco can just never be fixed, but I certainly wouldn't have been shocked if he went somewhere else and got it fixed. Cause this team has had real issues in that department. And uh, I'm, I, I, I really a hundred percent agree with you. And, and I've ripped Franco like crazy for years, but it ultimately, a, a large portion of it has to fall on the organization. And again, for an organization that is really lacked in terms of player development, I mean, their their head coach, their manager is a guy who is supposed to be a player development guy. Even I mean, yep. they have they and they just have failed player after player after player. It's uh, it's the reason why they've been so bad for so long, and why it's still even when they're starting to quote unquote compete again, we still don't feel great about it. Like I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the last like really highly touted like top five prospect in baseball that was just horrible, and and the answer is Dom. Is Brown. Dom Brown? Yeah, no, yeah, it but is. Like, I mean, there have been a few others who have not come close to reaching. Matt Weeders is a guy who was Buxton. a number one prospect. Yeah, they're they're guys, but someone who came up, flashed, and then literally was never heard from again. No. It's great, like, but the, he's a Philly. Like that's yep, yep. It, it, there's something that when I watch the Phillies right now, and when I've watched them for a little while now, it just there always feels like there's something off. Like there's just something off. And I do think, like recently, actually, I've been encouraged by um, some of the pitching guys they brought in. Like bringing in Smiley and telling him to throw cutters is in, is interesting, and it's a it's a it's it shows that they are paying attention and, and that kind of stuff. Like, I think that's good. They they told Blake Parkle like like hey your split is really good. Throw that more often. Like they're doing stuff like that, which is what you hear about from smart teams like the Astros. And I think that is a a Chris Young thing. But like the hitting stuff at the major league level, like there everyone has everyone that's come here has just either stayed the same or gotten slightly worse. And the only player who's gotten better this year and he's plateaued a little bit but it was Kingry and Kingry was doing the exact opposite of what they're teaching him to do so like having Ochart here is awesome like I've been really impressed with with what the young guys are doing in the system like the young hitters the guys that were maybe maybe struggling and and weren't great like it feels like they're they're starting to take nice step forwards but like 
the pitching down there is 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 horrible. Like I don't know where the development is, and and that's where I come back to. Like it's year four of Clemson. Like it's year four, and it's still they still feel like a dumb team that's trying to play smart, and it's just it's it's pretty frustrating. I I don't I don't know where I'm at with this team. Something feels off. Yeah, and it's funny because that's like kind of a. On a, that's on a macro scale, but on a micro scale, it's like a microcosm of this season. You know, it's like other than the first week of the season, something has just felt off, and they are competing again. They're right there for the wild card. But but they're not competing. They are, they're not. They are, they're, I mean, they you're right. Limping. Competing for a wild card, I should say. They are not competing for a World Series. That is fair. Um, but I mean, that's the thing is though, like it's 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 you know, they just feel. Bad. They feel like a bad baseball team on a night-to-night basis, and you wake up every morning. It's like, oh, we're still in the wild card. It's like it really makes it hard to evaluate, and it almost brings up a thing where and and look, my answer to it is I want them to make the playoffs just because, as we've talked about, I think it's important for the players, the reps, and all that. But I bet you there are going to be Phillies fans who are going to say I don't want them to make the playoffs because I don't want Kapler back. I don't want Clentac to think he did things right, like all that. And while I don't feel that way. I can't kill them for it. Like, I don't think it's a crazy way to think, which is crazy. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy. Like, it's going to, the most frustrating thing is that if they make the playoffs, it's going to give them some kind of self-satisfaction that they yes. that they did this. They built this playoff team or whatever. It's like, it's. It, I'm already dreading their, their, <laughs> Pat on the back parade around Broad Street for their for their eighty three win baseball team that's <laughs> that they invested like that 500. loses like five nothing in a what playing game or whatever it's like yay no and uh, Juan Juan Nicasio gives up three runs in the seventh after Aaron Nola goes six and two thirds and pitches well Nicasio like I mean like doesn't that just feel like the type of thing that'll happen if they get to a wild card game it does and, and the offense won't score any runs and, well, and that'll be it and don't even don't even mention that what if Nola has to start the last game of the season just to get them like, in the playoffs uh, yeah absolutely and then you're starting then you got- Drew Smiley Vargas or, or Drew Smiley yeah. really yeah think about how just as a baseball fan for your team to make the playoffs for the first time in seven eight years eight years and to roll out Jason Vargas in a playing game. Like, I'd be embarrassed as a fan. And, and look, I mean, Var- you know, baseball's weird. You never know what happens with stuff, but it's embarrassing to think about that. And this, I'll, I'll keep coming back to this. Like, I want to love the Phillies. I want to love this team. I, I just, they're, they're all, I, I want to just be engulfed in a fun baseball team. And I want to have a smart baseball team. I want to see a team, like, take a shot on a guy. Like, like I want to be, I want to be like the Astros, where if you trade a guy to their team, it's like, it's like, oh well, he's gonna be a stud. Like, why can't the? Oh, beat? we'll fix him. Oh, yeah. we'll fix him. Like, he's gonna be awesome here. I yes. Wanna, I want to be that oh team. Oh my god. I want to be a smart team. I want to be a team that is on the forefront of freaking baseball. And the fact that for four years, and we're in the same, we're pretty much in the same spot with, except we have Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, and JT Realmuto now. Like, it's a better baseball team. But like, no one has gotten, no one has taken a step forward. None of that has happened. Nola for the most part of the season was bad and they figured it out. Like talented guys like Pavetta have never gotten better. Talented guys like Vince Velasquez have never gotten better. I just there there's I feel like a crazy person. There's something wrong. There's just something wrong. And I I I've said it before, I'll say it again. I will not sleep until I have a smart baseball team. And I just I can't I cannot believe that they are as just unwatchable 
as they, as they have been. The Chicago series should never happen. Should never happen. That team stinks, man. I can name like six players in that team. They got shut down in 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 extra innings by Carson Fulmer, who's a huge bust, like a ginormous yeah. bust. And it, 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 non like not even competitive at bats. And for for Gabe to come out and say, oh, you know, he scratched and clawed and stuff. It's like, dude, uh, dude, dude, your offense in extra innings got like one hit. It was toned. You, you struck out and like that, sixteen and that's times. A whole different thing, but I, you know, that I'm. I, I can't listen to Gabe at the end of games anymore. It just is so – and I don't need him to rip his players as we've talked about, but I just need him to be a little bit more real. I mean it just – that just is weak sauce. And and you look at – talking about no one improving, no one – and then you look over to like the team like the Braves and Ronald Acuna is going to go, you know, like 35-35 this year with like a 900 OPS. Incremental like, improvements oh, all the 21. time. It's like, like awesome. I, I just hope – I hope they don't – I hope they don't – I hope they don't waste Bryce Harper. Wow. So far, Bryce Harper is helping to waste Bryce Harper too, Jack. Yeah, but we don't. I mean, I don't know if it's all Bryce. I, I, I and, and I'm with you. Look, if, if he was, if he was on a smart team, of the Phillies. If Bryce, if Bryce Harper's on a smart team, I don't think he's having the same the same season that I he's think had. You're probably right about that. I think they're able to figure it out more. If he was on the Dodgers, yeah. man, I'm telling you, if he was on the Dodgers or Astros or one of those teams, he is having a way, way, way better season. I just, I, all right, I, we didn't. I'm just so frustrated with how dumb this team is sometimes. I, yeah, I don't blame you. I think a lot of people are. We didn't really talk about Sunday. There's really not much to – if you have any specific things you want to harp on, but my just – I mean, to come out in that game when you know you needed to win the series against the freaking Chicago White Sox and to get boat raced, uh, it was just embarrassing again. It well, just this team so many times comes out in games where they – good baseball team wins that game – 99.9% of the time, and I feel like they always lose those games. Well, maybe they shouldn't have sent down one of the uh, friendliest guys in that locker room before the game and a guy who's been there for six years and is a is a, is a teammate favorite, and everyone loves that guy in that locker room. Maybe you shouldn't have sent him down and and and, and just ruin that. I feel like that was like a, a ruined relationship, you know? I feel like the clubhouse was like, why are you sending down like hell? Like, like to yeah, keep, I think you're probably right about that. Like I just I just think that they were like, well, really? I mean, what what did he? I mean, obviously he's not very good, but like everyone in that locker room loves that guy. Like that's I, true. I didn't even I, I I didn't think about that perspective as well. It's a great point, Jack. I mean, he's out there celebrating the first guy out there. He's got the handshakes. Everyone. I mean, they they like his attitude. They like him. It's a good point, Jack. Yeah. And- for for a very minor benefit. Look, I'm I'm ready to throw Franco out with the trash. As far as I'm concerned, as a Philly, you know, I'm I'm good. Never seeing Franco play for the Phillies, but. From that perspective, for the marginal, marginal upgrade that is Brad Miller or Sean Rodriguez, that's a good point. Or maybe they were really upset that Cliff Lee wasn't there. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that Cliff Lee wasn't there. I just think I think like for the 09 thing, I know. It's like, what's the point? Why even have it? He's the only reason that team was in the World Series. Like, are you guys Yes, kidding? Guys absolutely. Kidding me? When you think 2009 Phillies, you think Cliff Lee. That's it. Well, it's not even. First, it's, first. Not, it's not the You Philly. think Raul earlier in the year. You know, there's stuff you think of, but... You really think of Cliff Lee? Well, and it's not the, it's not the Phillies' fault. I'm not ripping the Phillies. It's Cliff. No, 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 no. I know. I, I'm, I know. I'm with you on that. It's Cliff's fault. Cliff doesn't like people. I think. Well, it's just like, dude, suck it up. Like, don't say you had a prior engagement when you knew that you know, they were going to do this. I just, it's just, uh, I, I love Cliff Lee. He's my favorite pitcher here. Well, no, he wasn't. Rose was my favorite pitcher, but Cliff Lee was up there, and he was an absolute legend, an icon in this town. And for him, just be like, mm, whatever. I just think it was stupid, and I just. Like, what's the point of the 09 reunion if, Ch- if Cliff Lee is not going to be there? I just, it, it lost all its luster for me. 
Yeah, I agree. Also, why, uh, why wholeheartedly we, agree with that. Why are we? Uh, why are we uh, having that reunion anyway? They lost in the World Series. Well, that's what I, that was my whole point. It's, it's like, really? Team. Do we really like? I get it with the '93 Phils. That was a beloved team that you know and hadn't gone to the World Series in a long time and wouldn't go back for a long time. And and you know, I get it. I got and came out of nowhere. We're the worst team in baseball in '92, and then went to the World Series '93. Like I get that, but. I mean, the 09 team was a failure. I mean, they won in 08 and they didn't win back to back. They lost the Yankees in the World Series. Like, why are we, what's the point of celebrating that? Like, uh, especially because a lot of the guys were on the 08 team that we celebrate. It just felt weird. I'm, I'm very with you. Like, celebrating the 09 team really did little for me in terms of getting the emotions going. Um, Jack, big week, though, ahead. It's a West Coast week, which is annoying for all of us. We all have to stay up late and all that. But, um, uh, you know, two teams that, you know, you wouldn't expect to be there. Both teams are two and a half games back, three against the Diamondbacks, three against the Giants. And it's a spot where, look, they took two or three from the Giants here, but this is the type of spot where you need to be able to go win these series. You need to take two or three and you need to take three or four. Like you have to, and I know they suck on the West coast. And I know that this is not a team that's particularly good on the road or that I should have any faith in that they're actually going to do it. But Look, and again, a playoff team is a loose term because it's the second wild card, but if they're going to be a playoff team, they need to win these series. They also have to take two or three or sweep the White Sox. So, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. And you're, and you're right. You're right. They're, they're a playoff team as of today. You're you right. You know what sucks, right. man? Like, you have the 09 reunion. There should be a ton of people there. There's 31,000 people there, and they lost again. You have the Marlins game, which was the Chase Utley night. They lose that yeah, game. They, they blow all these things. They blow every big night. They have no idea how to. They have no idea how to rise to a moment, like at all. We've talked about it with all their be- like. It seems like whenever there's a big series, they crap the bed. Uh-huh. It's just whenever it ma- which which is probably a, a, a not a great sign for if they actually do make a wild card game or the playoffs or whatever. I would just this is this is fun. I would just like to see you know. Maybe maybe fight for your manager one time. If you if you really like playing oh, for Jeff. Gabe Kapler, just I don't know if they do. I don't know if they do. No why, one, why no should one, I, they never fight for the guy. Ultimately, no one knows. Like no one knows if he's lost that locker room. Like people say that all the time, but I have no idea if he's lost that locker room. Like I think you could tell by the end of Chip that he lost the locker room. Um, no question. I I just I don't have that same kind of sense here. But on the same on the other on the other hand, it's like, hey, how would you how would you fight for the guy one time? How about one player come out and say? I love playing for Gabe. Like Gabe's our guy. Yeah. Like Doug. It's a Doug, great point. Same thing happened to Doug. Like I mean, Doug. The guys came out and said we love playing for Doug, and and then they won four straight games for him. Yeah. To, well, I mean, potentially save his job. In twenty in his first year, twenty sixteen. I'm talking. Well, about. Well, he lost the Ravens game, like, so it wasn't four straight. Oh, it was, it was four or five or whatever. But yeah. the point was, they went out and they that Ravens game they lost on the last, but they could have won it if they hadn't gone for two, just because why not? You know, because it didn't matter. Um. I, but that's the point. I, I do think that, that that is a fair question is is why – look, these guys aren't idiots. They live in this city. They hear the criticism that's hurled at Gabe. And I'm sure on one level you know, maybe they should be grateful because he's taking a lot of the criticism away from them, criticism that in a lot of cases should be on them, and people are criticizing Gabe instead. But they're not idiots. They know that this guy's – how this guy is viewed in this city. They know that – in theory, his job is on the line through the rest of the season, depending on what happens. And it doesn't feel like they're fighting hard for him, either on or off the field. And that's a worry. It is a worry. I mean, you'd, you'd think, I don't know, like if you, you'd think if, if, if they like playing for the guy and they loved, they loved how much, like you would think that with the amount that he defends them to the media, that they would come out and say, I appreciate that. Totally. Or something. Totally. 
I mean, he comes out and just waxes poetically about how hard they play, and then they <laughs> they come out and don't play inspired baseball the next night. Like yep. it's 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 again, and I I like Gabe. Here's the thing. Here's my thing with Gabe is I think tactically and I think baseball wise, I. I align with how Gabe thinks. Like I don't like I think his decisions are rooted in in philosophies that I think make sense. Like there's not many things that I see during a game where I'm like that doesn't feel right. But what feels wrong with Gabe is the the players, the emotion, the yep. the grinding it out and I know he says they grind it out but they don't actually grind it out. Like <laughs> like the will to win and and all that stuff like it just never looks like there's any energy or buzz or fun or whatever and i think like instilling that kind of culture and 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 whatnot like i just i still think that that could be the reflection on a manager and like i i just they they need to they need to show some if you're not going to make the playoffs show something just show something these last 50 some games that you care that you want to play for the guy and you want to keep him around because if they just if they just limp past the finish line, like I don't think you can bring him back. I really don't. Oh, he's fired. If they if they limp to the end, let's say they miss the playoffs by like three games or something like that, gone. Yeah, he's if, gone. He's gone. If they play like this and it's the same thing every single night, they, there's there's just no way. There's no way that John Middleton is happy. There's just no way that guy's happy. Yeah, and and look, he shouldn't be. And granted, we think that. You know, he shouldn't be to the point where he goes out and spends more money and does all kinds of things like that. But um, he shouldn't be happy. And Gabe is in the second year of a three-year deal. Like, he's not going to be a lame duck manager next year. Either they're making the playoffs or they're showing some chutzpah and they're going to give him an extension or he's gone. Like, that's the way it's going to play out. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, like, but again, I just don't believe they're What did you say? What did you say? Showing some chutzpah? Chutzpah. What is that? You don't know what chutzpah is, Jack? No, I don't know what chutzpah is. Ah, Jack. What is chutzpah? Chutzpah Chutzpah is Yiddish, my friend. Yeah, why? It it means some some gumption, some fire, some excitement. They got to show some chutzpah. Chutzpah? Some chutzpah, Jack. Ah, oh, I've never heard that in my life. Get out of here! I'm I mean, so confused. I was like, I was like, did you? Popular vernacular. I think most people say chutzpah. Showing some chutzpah. Show me some chutzpah, Jack. Okay. Maybe I'll name right. that. Maybe I'll name that this podcast. Show me some. Good. Look up how to spell it, because I guarantee you don't spell it right if you just go with chutzpah. Oh, wow. There's a C on the front. It's a CH for chutzpah. You would never think that. It's like chutzpah. It's like Chaim Bloom. That's exi- Yes, yes, Jack. It is like Chaim Bloom. That is exactly what it is. Well done, sir. Hey, no Look problem. At you. We're learning. I mean, ever since you right, forced so- me to spend twenty-one dollars on a Reuben, I've I've been feeling a little bit. <laughs> Forced is a strong word there. <laughs> Suggested, and it did not remember how expensive those Rubens were. But I, you know I what? It's always it worth it for a Ruben. I sure did figure it out, though. Thanks. <laughs> you sure did, buddy. Hey, you, you know, what can I do? What can I do? I'm just trying to get you to eat Rubens because you love Rubens. I'm just trying to help you out, Jack. I do love a good Ruben. You're, you're darn right about that. Beautiful things. I also like just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All right. Um, all right. Note bag time. You got a train to catch. Yeah, I do have a train to catch. Uh, Actually, real quick, August 17th. Pin yeah. tweets. Come to the ballpark and hang out with us. It's going to be awesome. High Hopes Night and rate and review the podcast. No back. Is it still High Hopes Night or is it just like, oh. it's just like, yeah, it's, here we are. It's hang out with Jack and James Listen, Knight. How about it's, that? It's hang out and let's drink and talk about how horrible we feel about this Phillies baseball team. Yes. That sounds, perfect. I'm down for a good, uh, some, some drunk rants about the Phillies. 
Yeah. Well, and Manny Machado is white hot now, so I'm sure he'll come in and have a great game, and oh, that'll add yeah. to pain of all of it. Yeah, he will. No, there's no doubt in my mind. Oh, um, it's lock. I don't really have any. I don't have any notebook thoughts. Like my one notebook thought was about Pavetta and how like it'll be organizational malpractice. They don't get the most out of him. Um, so I'll just go straight to my final thought. And my fi- my final thought is that my boy Ochart is starting to put in some work down there. I mean. Alec Buddy. Bohm, Alec Bohm with the walk-off home run on Saturday was a beautiful sight. He's up to 10? He's up to, yeah, I think it's 10. 9 or 10. It's 9 or 10 double-A home runs. Um, I would much rather have Alec Bohm going forward than Austin Riley. Um, I just I, I think Alec Bohm I just doesn't strike out, puts the barrel of the baseball. Now he's starting to drive the baseball, and uh, the walk-off home run was glorious, and he looks more and more like Chris Bryant every single day. And Mickey Moniak is now leading the Eastern League in triples. And he's just like, he's top five. He's top five in like every major offensive category in the Phillies minor league system. Like, that's pretty good. For a guy that, for the guy that people, a lot, a lot of people just wrote off, didn't think he's going to be any good, whatever. He's a good player. He's going to be a major league player. Depends on how good he's going to be. But for a 21 year old playing in double A to be playing as well as he has for over. Three months now, I think is uh, is really impressive, and it's a it's a big step forward. And if he didn't just have such a bad March slash April, people would be way more excited about him. But I will be here. All right, being I like that right there about Mickey Moniak. And my final one is a guy by the name of Johan Rojas Rojas Rojas, who is eighteen for another week before he turns nineteen. He went from the, the, the he went from the GCL all the way up to the to to Williamsport now, and now he's up in Williamsport. And the guy, I I'm already this is gonna be again early to a take. new guy, early new to guy. a take, early to a take. He's gonna be our version of Acuna slash Soto. Like he's gonna be our guy. Oh I'm please, just, God, I'm Jack. just telling you, he's already like he has come out of nowhere. And he's he's already a top ten Phillies prospect. There's just absolutely no doubt about it. Um, little birdie told me runs, hits, throws, plays solid center field. Already has good contact. He uh, they had to change his bat path a little bit. Figured that out, um, and now he's just absolutely exploding up in Williamsport. And uh, Johan Rojas, you're going to hear a lot more about him. And uh, just look out for him. Look out for him. He's gonna he's 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 the next one. I love that you have little birdies in this world. All over and you're the place. getting you're getting Johan Rojas little birdie updates. I think you, I think you should get a jersey. I'm I'm in. I'll get it right now. Get me one. Start printing the jerseys. I be, if if you believe in him, I believe in him, Jack. No, That's I, I haven't seen him play yet, but very good things from everything I'm I'm hearing. So I'm I'm excited about Johan Rojas. All right, I like it. My final t- uh, thought is catch your train, Jack. Um, and Thursday we'll be in studio together and, uh, I just, I got nothing else to say. I'm, I'm, I really need them to take two or three against Arizona, Arizona team that is two and a half games behind the, uh, wild card, or I guess they're two behind the Phillies or two and a half back from the Phillies in the wild card, but also a plus 71 and run differential. Mm, So yeah, that's the good stuff right there. So uh, I need him to take two or three and, and come to IOPS night. We're gonna have so much fun. It's going to be awesome. Um, that's all I got for it, T. I, uh, you know, I want to do a fun podcast. Is that too much to ask? The fun podcast is going to come in the off season when they sign Garrett Cole. That's, that's (laughs) that would be a fun podcast. Yeah. We'd be all excited all over again. 
Yeah, we're, we'll do the uh, why the Phillies are too cheap and we'll never sign Garrett Cole show and then I'll sign. It'll be yeah. great. Uh, we'll do a repeat of last year. All right, till Thursday, 2 or 3. He's Fred Tom Salter.